Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good day, everyone. This is Tony Moskal with your high school sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for everyone. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? The NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. I got in on the action this week. I took the New York Giants to lose to the bye week, and they did and made me a good amount of money. Daniel Jones threw three interceptions, and the Giants looked absolutely pathetic once again. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your sportsbook experts. This week, we're headed back out onto the track, more specifically, the field part of track and field. A couple of weeks ago, I spoke with one of the top female cross-country runners in California, and this week, we've upped our game and we're talking to the absolute best female pole vaulter in the state and probably in the country, Paige Summers. Last year as a junior, she vaulted 14 feet, six inches at the Lancer Invitational in Thousand Oaks, which was the second highest clearance by a high school girl in the pole vault in U.S. history. She was named the Gatorade Female Track Athlete of the Year, as well as the Cal High Sports State Athlete of the Year. She was actively recruited by over 20 of the best schools in the country and recently put pen to paper for the Duke University Blue Devils. Paige Summers, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. That is quite an impressive resume there, young lady. (laughs) Thank you. How, How did you get started in pole vaulting? Because when kids are growing up, you think baseball, football, soccer, basketball, volleyball, but pole vaulting? Yeah, so I was playing club soccer and club basketball like my whole life. Um, So I think sixth grade is when I was kind of starting to beg my dad to let me pole vault because in his office at home, he has pictures of him from um, him vaulting at UCLA. So just kind of seeing like someone flying through the air, I think as like a little kid that definitely um, sparks interest in you. So I was just begging him all the time. I'm like, please let me try it. I really want to try it. And he was like, you're too young. You can wait till like freshman year. Like you'll have like a high school coach and they'll teach you. But um, I just started to ask more and more. And I'd leave sticky notes on his desk when he got home from work saying, let me pole vault and like all these things. So I think he finally just caved in and was like, I'll take you out. Um, Yeah. So I did one practice sixth grade. And then he put me in a meet, and that's when um, I did pretty well. And, like, it was, like, a high school meet. But, um, yeah, I think I I took first and, like, made all my jumps first attempt. And that's kind of when he was like, oh, okay, like, I'll take you out more. And that's when I think I convinced him enough. (laughs) Do you have a little bit of daredevil in you? Because, you know, pole vaulting, take a fiberglass pole, hurl hurl yourself high in the air and, and fall on a mat. Are you a yeah. bit of a daredevil? <laughs> Definitely. I I don't know. I just love doing like things out of my comfort zone. Like when we go on vacations, I'm always the first one to cliff jump and do all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, I definitely like to do anything adventurous, anything daredevil-y. 
So when you got started, and you know, for kids that play basketball, or you know, you put up a hoop in the in the front yard. Soccer, you go to a park, you kick the ball around. Baseball, you you play catch. It's not like you can just show up somewhere and there's a pole vault pit with a with a you know the runway and you and you got a a pole with the standards and you can practice. How did you practice? Um. So obviously, before high school, like there's no really pole vaults at middle schools or anything like that so my dad and I had to sneak on to high school fields and it was kind of difficult because I mean they're all gated off so we'd have to jump the gate every time but um some schools don't keep their pole vault pits out year round so we had to like kind of find which ones did and um we went to one near us and we just hopped the fence every day and vault on that but um yeah it definitely was very difficult. We got kicked out by the police twice. And then the coach of that high school came and saw us one day and kicked us off. So it was just kind of trying to make it work. We didn't really have like a set place to go, but. Well, you would think that if the coach saw you pole vaulting and you were good, he'd sit and talk to you about, Hey, maybe uh, where are you going to high school? Maybe you want to think about coming here. Did that ever happen? Um, No, <laughs> I think. Like I was just doing like drills when he saw me. So I wasn't doing anything like super impressive and I was new to it. So um, yeah, he, I think he just was like, oh, like that's great. You're vaulting, but like you can't be on here. Go, go do like, it somewhere else. I don't want the liability. Yeah. Uh, what about it is that you like, it's not something that a lot of people get right into, but, but seeing your, your dad's influence there, what drew you to the event? Um, like my favorite thing about it is that there's no perfect jump. Like you can have the best technique in the world and there's still stuff that you can fix in your vault, whether it's like your run, your takeoff, your jump. Um, you can always get stronger and faster to help. And I mean, it's such like a technical sport, which I feel like most people don't really see it as just because you have to like every jump, you have to have the same run that hits like the same mark so that you know, you're not like jumping where like your chest is under the pole or like you're too far out. And then um, you also have to control standards of how far close you want the bar to be to you. And, um, you know, you're doing all that while worrying about like your technique in the air. And it all just happens so fast. So it's um, just something you get like used to, like learning how to manage me, like where you want to run from and what standards are good for you at certain heights. And then, yeah, just focus on your technique. So I just, that's kind of what I love about it is that there's so much to learn through the sport and there's never going to be a perfect jump. You can always improve it. With technology being such a big thing in a lot of sports today, do you use any to analyze your jumps and, and freeze frame and slow-mo things just to see, Hey, this is where I need to be. This is where I was. For sure, yeah. Um, I film almost every jump and study it right like after I do it just to kind of see where I'm at, see what I immediately need to fix. And I'll do that after every jump. So I'm always um, trying to improve something. When did you first see success for yourself and think, wow, I can be pretty good at this? Um, I would say seventh grade. I was in an all-comers meet going like the summer of going into eighth grade and um it was a another one where 
I think I was the only non-high school kid. Um, and I jumped nine six and like I think that was like a foot better than the next person. So my like my dad and I kind of looked at each other and we're like, wow, like <laughs> I could be good at this, like in high school, like if I keep like training and stuff. So that's kind of that's kind of what made us think like, oh, like one more year, t- year t- till high school, like we should start training more and focus on it so that, you know, I can be a good competitor then. So that's kind of when we upped, you know, from just doing practices, like whenever we felt like it to like actually having a schedule and going like once or twice a week. Your dad is your coach. You mentioned that. How does that relationship work? Because a lot of times we see parents coaching their kids and it sometimes it really goes sideways and and it's tough to separate the the coach player and the dad daughter or son relationship how does that work with you guys is is it a good relationship or do you guys kind of um maybe argue a little bit here and there no yeah it's the best um we definitely have our moments where we bet heads because our personalities are so similar And (laughs) we're both like the most competitive people in the world. So like, if, you know, I'm not having a good meet, like it has the same effect on him where we're both frustrated. So like, then when we're kind of talking about what to fix, like I can definitely get frustrated with myself and, you know, um, we can start butting heads if like he tells me something and I'm like, I'll be like, no, no, I think I need to fix this. And then that's kind of when um, we like have a little bit of not like an argument, but (laughs) we'll get like a little angry, but um, yeah. But other than that, we, we work really well as a team. Um, Yeah. He's been my coach since sixth grade. So um, yeah, I have, I definitely have like a lot of respect for him and like all he's put into the sport for me. And um, he's just a great coach all around. And and you'll look back on this, you know, later on in life and, and, and remember, it, it was such a great time. Now, this is a sport unlike any other because in a sport like football or baseball or basketball, there's one one type of ball. That's it. But in vaulting, there are different types of poles. Um, for the person that doesn't know much about the sport, can you explain the difference in them? And how long does it take you to get used to a, a different pole? Yeah, so there are like different lengths and weights to poles. So um, you usually will start out like in a meet, like your opening bar will usually be like a foot and a half to two feet under your PR, I would say. And um, you, you'll you use like a smaller pole for that height. Um, and then once, you know, it's, we say like blowing through the pole, which means like the poles moving to vertical too fast. Um, that's when you go up in weight. Um, and then once you're kind of like running out of places to grip, then that's when you go up to like a longer pull and you'll go to a smaller weight. So it's not like super stiff right away. Um, and yeah, I would say, I mean, they're definitely, it's definitely practice to get used to them. But um you know, sometimes you'll have those meets um, that are usually like PR meets where you'll have to go to a pole that you've never been on before. Um, and that's when you just have to make it work. Like you're not going to get practice jumps on it. You're not going to get to test it out. Like that's like your shot to just make it work. And that's kind of like how my fourteen six meet was. 
Um, I was on like four poles bigger than I've ever been on before. So uh, I just remember standing at the end of the runway and I was like holding it and I was like, oh my God, this is so like big and it's like really hard to bend because I was just bending against the ground. And I was just like, okay, we just have to do it because I was just so determined to make the bar. So I just try to get out of my mind and not focus on like how heavy it was. I was like, I'm just going to make it bend. And that's the whole mental part of it where it's, you've kind of got to just and correct me if I'm wrong here. I've never pole vaulted before. Hey, that's just another pole. It's the same run. Everything is the same. I, I've got to keep everything exactly like I've done hundreds of times before. Yeah, definitely. You have to, if you change your step at all, or like, which is what I do sometimes, like I'll get really excited to attempt a bar and then I end up running faster, like too early. And then that messes up my step for the jump. So yeah, I think um, it's definitely a mental thing. You just have to like keep yourself relaxed and not, you know, worry about too much. Just, I just usually think about technique and that helps me. So I'm not like worried about my run or the pull or anything. What type of training do you do to prepare speed training? Is there a lot of weightlifting involved? And if so, is it more upper body or lower body? Yeah, so I... Um, last season got a sprint coach who also does my weight. So, um, yeah, every week I'll vault with my dad and then I'll have my sprint trains with, um, my sprint coach and then we'll do weights too. So, um, we focus kind of on every, I'd say pole vaulters mostly use like ab shoulders back. I'd say those are like the most important things to strengthen, but, um, yeah, we focus on everything, legs, upper body. We'll just do all of it because, I mean, anything you can do is helpful for, for the vault. Because you need, obviously, you, you've got to run and you've got to be carrying a, you know, a heavy pole that goes way out in front of you and maybe throws your balance off. And then you've got to be able to carry that thing because it, it weighs, you know, however much those things weigh and then get that thing up in the air. So if you're, if you're weak in any area, you're probably not going to be too successful. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely um, helpful to just work on everything. Speed and strength are a huge par part of the vault. So I think when you mix speed and strength with good technique, it just makes for a perfect vault. Because you had so much success early, what, the recruiting process, what was that like for you? When did you get first noticed and what was your reaction the first time you got a letter or any communication from a college? Yeah, so the recruiting process was not my favorite thing in the world. Um, I don't know. I just got stressed and overwhelmed with it just because I wasn't someone who went into it with like any things in mind of like what I wanted in a college. I was just like, you know, I just wanted like good academics and athletics. That was the only thing. I didn't care if it was in or out of California. I didn't care if it was big or small. So that was kind of the hard part because I couldn't narrow it down really. Um, but yeah, um, I first got noticed by the Duke coach um, my sophomore year. Um, I was at a meet in Florida, the U20 meet, and um, he came up to my dad and gave him his card um, I totally forgot this story, but my dad reminded me of it like last week before I signed, which is pretty cool that, you know, the coach I'm going to now saw the potential in me, even when, you know, I was just like a 13-6 vaulter. So, um, yeah, that makes me super excited. But 
I didn't really think too much about it then. Like, I was like, oh, like, that's cool. Like, a school wants me, but I wasn't really caring about that. I always thought I would follow in both my parents' footsteps of going to UCLA because um, I'm such a homebody, too, and that's, like, the closest school to us. But, um, yeah, the more I looked into schools, I just fell in love with Duke, and it was kind of easy to make my decision once I visited it and got a feeling. Was your mom an athlete at UCLA like your dad? Um, no, just a student. Just a student. So you recently chose Duke, and I watched your commitment wow. video on social media, and you were courted by so many of the top, top academic schools in the country. And you had all those hats out on that table. First of all, did you get to keep all the hats? <laughs> um, no, we like – I bought the ones that I visited, so I ended up visiting five schools. And then – the rest, my mom got off um, Amazon Prime, so we sent those back afterwards. <laughs> Just return them back to Amazon. Um, what went into your final decision to to eventually sign with Duke? Because I saw the hats, and I correct me if I'm wrong. Basically, the entire Ivy League. Uh, I saw a Notre Dame hat there. Obviously, you, uh, UCLA, USC. Why Duke? Um, so yeah, my only like really criteria for college was good academics, good athletics. Um, and like Duke was pretty high on my list. So my parents took me out for a visit there and I mean, I just loved everything about it. And I kind of got like a feeling that this was like a home I could be at, but, um, I was also looking into Stanford a lot and I was kind of hoping that I would like Stanford, Stanford more just because, um, like it's in California and, um, Pac-12. So like my meets would be around here, but, um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just really like Wilborn's coaching style and like how invested he is in his athletes. Like, um, on numerous phone calls, he would ask me, like, he asked me like, okay, like, what do you want to accomplish in college? And I like, told him all my goals and everything. And he's like, okay, this is how I'm going to get you, you there. Like he had a plan for me already. And he is just like, I know I can help you get to this. If like you just work hard, like I'm gonna give you all the tools. So it's what you make of it. Like, um, he just, yeah, just showed a lot that he like cared and was going to do everything in his power to help me get to where I wanted to be. And then I also talked to like a lot of his pole vaulters on the team currently. And they all just like talked so highly about him and just said that he's such an amazing coach and he like looks out for you as a person. So yeah. Now, is he going to be your specific coach or is he the head coach of the entire program? Um, He is the head coach, but um, he's also um, the pole vault coach. So I'd be working with him mainly. And what is it that you want to do when you're older after college? Um, I mean, my dream would be to just continue vaulting and go pro and make Olympic teams and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, right now I don't have like a like major in mind or like a job I'd want to do other than that. But You were runner up at the state meet your sophomore year. How much did that motivate you to continue to just drive and work harder? And what specifically did you think you needed to work on? 
yeah, that pushed me so much. Um, yeah, just I sophomore year had a rivalry with that girl who got first play, place that like all my sophomore year. And it was really frustrating because like I would jump a PR, then she would tie it. And then I jumped a PR and then she jumped higher than my PR. And it was just kind of like back and forth where we were like, even when we weren't at the same meet, like we were still competing to get a PR to jump higher than each other. So um, the state meet, I was really hoping to pull out like a win because I got third freshman year. Um, And yeah, when I didn't get first, I was really disappointed just because that was just like my goal for the whole year. I was just like, I just want to win state. And um, yeah, but I mean, I'm actually super grateful for getting second place because I think it really kickstarted my junior year success um, just because all my like anger I just put into training and um, it made me realize like I needed to focus on speed and strength more, which is what I did. And that really helped me jump like a foot higher. So yeah, um, I would say, you know, every defeat is like an opportunity just to like reevaluate yourself and like figure out what you need to work on. So yeah, and, I think it, that was the biggest motivator. Yeah. For a lot of people, some people will go into a shell and think, oh, I lost. Oh, poor me. And then others like yourself, you're going to use that to motivate you. Now, your sophomore year at the CIF finals, I, I read this story. It, it's just crazy to me. You competed in two field events at the same time, the high jump and the pole vault. How intense was that going back and forth from one end of the field to the other? And how did you mentally prepare for each one? Um, yeah, it was kind of a crazy meet. Um, yeah, so I took like my first couple jumps at pole vault and then um the bar was raised over a high jump where like I would come in so like right after I took my jump I just handed my dad my pole and I like ran over there took my jump ran back and um like by the time I got back I was almost up to do um another vault so my dad was just like okay like take your time like you have to catch your breath and so like he kind of like got a game plan for me he's like okay like I'm gonna have mom go stand by the high jump pitch she's gonna tell me like when it goes up and then I'll have you go over there and so yeah and it was just um kind of just a lot of managing it but um I would just after I took my vault I would just start walking over to the other end of the field and just kind of <laughs> cleared my head and was just like not putting pressure on it because I was just I was mainly focused on um pole vaulting obviously so I wasn't too concerned with high jump, but I obviously wanted to like make it to state. So I was trying my best, but um, yeah, with not getting any practice jumps and high jump either, cause I was vaulting. I was just a little nervous on my step, but um, yeah, it ended up working out fine. I just had to relax and trust in my abilities. Well, you cleared a PR in the high jump. You won that. You didn't PR in the pole vault, but you still won making you the first person to win both events in Southern section history, which when you look back on it, did you ever think, wow, I, I could do something that nobody else has ever done? Yeah. I had never known that someone, um, that no one ever did that. So, I mean, that was really cool to find out afterwards, but, um, yeah, I just think, um, 
and just like an honor to be able to win both. And it's definitely not something I was expecting. I wasn't expecting to win high jump at all. Um, so it just felt great to have that. <laughs> the day you set the record in Thousand Oaks, you took 12 vaults, if, if my number is correct. For those that don't understand how tiring it is, go through the process of, of what you were going through, how tired you were, and how many vaults do you normally take in a regular meet? Um, I would say, I think that meet, I think we can, I ended up taking, like with like my missed attempts at like the last bar too, I think it was 17 or 19 jumps. I can't remember which one, but um, yeah, I'd say in a normal meet with like failed attempts to maybe eight to 10 jumps. But um, yeah, I mean, that was definitely a tiring meet. And that the morning of that meet, I like woke up with a fever. So I was already like, not in the right mindset. Um, I like told my dad that day, I was like, I just don't want to go to the meet. I was like, I feel awful. And he kind of was just like, you know, you only have so many opportunities. Like, he's like, I just want you to go like, and try it out. Like, if you don't feel good after a couple jumps, we can call it. But he's like, I need you to at least try because we won't get, we, you don't get too many meets during season. So, um, yeah, I ended up going. I was feeling awful. But um, I think that actually helped me a little bit just because I wasn't in the mindset to PR. So I wasn't like expecting anything. And um, I think just not having that pressure really helped me to like, when I was going for PRs to not like freak out about it. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a very tiring meet where I was, you know, right after I jumped, I like went and sat down. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think the adrenaline really kicks in and like you just kind of forget that you're tired. Was it one of those things where you're like, God, I'm, I'm feeling sick. You know, let's, let's just go out and get this over with. I'll do what I can. I'll do my best. And, and then we'll go home and I'll go back to sleep. And then it ends up working out pretty well for you where you, you, you PR at 14.6. Yeah, definitely. I was kind of just thinking like maybe I'd just do a couple jumps, um, try to win and then call it. But um, I mean, I just started to jump really well on my smaller poles at the smaller heights. I was clearing it by a lot. So that's when my dad was like, oh, my God, you might be able to PR today. So I was like, oh. And then um, I ended up PRing at 13.7. And then um, I was just like, at that point, I was like, okay, we're going to keep going. I was like, like, I just started to get like more excited about it. And I wasn't really like thinking about being sick or anything. I was just like really focused on clearing bar bars. So I wasn't, yeah, I was just like ready to go by then. So then I cleared 13.9 and then 14 feet. And then at that point, like, my dad would just saw me and he saw that I was tired and he's like, let's just call it. Like you had a great meet, like 14 feet, incredible. And I was like, no, I'm going to keep going. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go until I end on three misses. So then we went to 14, three and I made that and then 14, six. So it was a really exciting meet. And um, yeah, it was definitely not what we expected at all, but I'm so happy about it. And you were sick, so now just think how well you'll do when you're feeling really well. And you were named the, the Gatorade Girls Track Athlete of the Year last year, as well as the Cal High Sports Junior State Athlete of the Year. 
I, I know that they mean a lot to you and it, and it feels great. What do you do to go above and beyond these? And what is it that drives you? Um, I would just say like, I'm a very motivated person. Like I have high goals for myself and like, I just work towards them every day. And like, if I get tired, don't want to do, I just kind of remind myself of those goals. Um, I have like papers posted around my room of like the date of like the Olympic trials and the date of the state meet for what should be this year. Um, and yeah, I just, I'm trying to really just focus on myself because I think in the past I would focus like just on beating competitors where now I think it's really important just to like focus on my weaknesses and like compete against myself and just make my jumps better in like every way I can. Um, Yeah, so I'd say like just being determined to get like certain goals and records is what fuels me. You are the best in your sport. How is it that you stay grounded and level-headed when we see so many athletes get so full of themselves, get into their own heads, and and they think that they become bigger than the sport? What is it that keeps you so level-headed? Thank you. Um, I mean, pole vault is such like an up-and-down sport where I feel like you can't really ever think that you know you're the best because everyone has like their good and bad meets and um you know I just wouldn't want to be seen as just like someone that's cocky or anything so um I don't know I just I mean I like to you know at meets talk to people and just um get to know them that's just kind of like the person I am so um yeah I just (laughs) hope that comes across well and um yeah I just you know, you, you, you can never know what's going to happen with this sport. So you can't really put yourself up on a pedestal because, you know, your next meet, you can know high, you could get injured. Like there's just so many factors to it. What is your relationship like with the other competitors? Um, because it's not one of those sports where you're really competing, you know, versus somebody. It's you, the runway, the bar, the pole. It's it, you have no control over the other person. And it's kind of like a sport like golf where you, you compliment the other person and it's all my control. What's your relationship like with some of your competitors that you've met throughout your travels? Yeah, pole vault is such an incredible sport. It's crazy because, you know, I always thought like everyone would kind of be very competitive with each other and, you know, be super serious about like them and not really um, care about you. But it's completely opposite. Like you'll have coaches of the girls you're competing against and like parents of like everyone's cheering for each other. And like you make a high and everyone's so excited. And if like you miss, like you have like girls come up to you and they're like, Oh my God, you're way over it. Like you got the next one. And everyone's just like so complimentary and like so supportive, even like though they could be like your biggest competitor and it's like you and them just going at it. Like everyone is just, so great to each other. And I think that's what makes the sport really special. When you see your competitor, you know, up your height, how much does that motivate you? Do you kind of root for them to push you? Definitely. Yeah. Um, I think when, you know, you have people jumping at such a high level, it like 
just seeing that really motivates you to want to be like up there too and I think um especially in meets when it's like you know like if you're in first place second place like um I think just seeing someone jump high you're just like okay well now I have to make the bar so then you know it's it's really helpful I've had like meets like that where you know we're just jumping at PRs like the whole time just because like two of us just keep like um upping our heights and making the next bar and it's just super motivating and you know if even if like you're having like not your best meet you're like and you see someone jump a height you're like okay well now I'm gonna make it and you kind of like get it in your head and then um you just are like more determined to make it and it helps a lot you have the fourth highest vault in prep high school history what is next for you to try and get that number one mark and then obviously head to the Olympics. What year are you looking for to try to make the Olympic team? Yeah, my goal definitely is this year to get the national high school record. Um, and then I'm hoping to make Olympic trials this year. And then hopefully I can make the team 2024. Well, that would be absolutely fantastic to see <laughs> you in, in, in the Olympics. Um, you know, trying to win a medal, competing against the best in the world. Um, I wish you the best of luck. I want to thank you for taking the time to do this. And last thing before I let you go, I want to ask you five just off-the-wall questions. My theme this week is TV show related. Okay. <laughs> what was your favorite cartoon as a kid? Um, that's a good question. Probably like Dora or something. <laughs> okay. What have you recently binge watched? Um, I watched Vampire Diaries. Okay. I don't know if you watch this or not, but The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, good TV or just bad drama? I'm not a fan of it. Okay. <laughs> what show do you watch that nobody would ever think that you watched? Um... Glee. <laughs> okay. And the one show you have to watch that is always on your DVR? Um, Impractical Jokers or The Amazing Race. Uh, we are, my family, Amazing Race fans, my sons love Impractical Jokers. I, <laughs> and I, I kind of find it funny too. Yeah, it's so funny. Well, Paige, I, I want to thank you for taking the time to do this. It was a, a pleasure for me to talk to you and, and, and get to know you a little bit. And you know, hopefully you guys have a season and, and you can get out there and, and, and get back on the track of, of setting records. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. I want to thank you for listening uh, to the podcast. I want to thank Paige Summers from Westlake High School for taking the time to do this. Um, the numbers are going up. Let's, you know, everybody, let's do what we need to do so, so these kids can have their seasons, whether it's in January or the spring or whenever. Um, let's just hope that everything starts going our way and thanks for listening until the next time. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.